0: Why it feels like it's been so long since we've done this, even though it's been a week. But man, do these weeks stretch when we have so
1: much work to do? I, we've both been really busy.
0: So insanely busy, even though this entire weekend I've been busy just reading because I finally had a little bit of a break. And of course, I decide to buy and start more books in free time rather than, I don't know, cleaning my
1: house or running errands. Huh, I mean, whatever. that's probably gonna be me in a week and a half when my class ends, so I support it. Send me book <laughs> updates as you're going. Let
0: me know how all the books okay. reading are. <laughs> so Julia, um so excited to be here to talk about chapters 24 and 25 of the Cruel Prince. But before we get into it, how are you doing this week? What are you
1: drinking? I am doing okay. Getting through it. <laughs> my classes officially end next Monday. Not, yeah, next Monday. So about less than a week and a half. All of my assignments are due. <laughs> so I'm like really stressed. Got a lot going on other than that too. I wish I had something more to say, but my life is so boring. It's just assignment after assignment and trying to get through the semester it really sucks. Still haven't gotten my uh, federal tax refund. <laughs> that's fun news (laughs) i still haven't filed my taxes so but you have like a lot more to get through than i do it's fine oh the the perils of adulthood seriously
0: um at least you're getting a refund i i owe the federal government
1: (laughs) i'm getting a a pretty sizable refund but that's because i also um quit my job last year so that's fair yeah.
0: I am getting sizable state refunds from both New York and California because I was overcharged for the time that I was living in Washington. Mm. So I'm getting all of that money back, which is nice. Yeah. What are this you think? This is a really
1: riveting topic. I know. <laughs>
0: Woohoo. Taxes and death. The two things that will never go away. Um, what are you Love what are it. you drinking
1: this week? I'm I, I had no idea what to make. I have been having I made a zipper on the last podcast, right? Which was so good that I ended up having it a couple more times since then. And Mm -hmm. now I'm like, well, I can't have it again on this podcast. But I have no idea what else to make. So I made, we had cranberry juice and I Mm. put some rum in it. And that's (laughs) my drink. I didn't know what to do. I feel like as the pandemic has progressed, my... Like, when we started off, you were here. Like, we were mm-hmm. making pina coladas, and made, we were, I made margaritas, yeah. like, Gin and everything. tonics, had, all over the place. Gin and tonics. Now, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing with drinks. Like, just give me a drink. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> so. Fair. But I am, um, And I haven't uh, had wine in a while, either. Hmm. I miss wine. It's been a I long know. time since I've had wine. Yeah, gotta get back into it. Maybe I'll buy some wine later tonight. <laughs> what are you drinking instead of wine?
0: Um, I am drinking a cider. It is called Chimea River. Oh, cute. From Newtopia Ciders. And it is a hard cider, dry spiced with cinnamon, chamomile,
1: and chrysanthemum. Wow. Chrysanthemum. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. It sounds kind of interesting. Is it bitter? Mm Mm-mm. It's, it's pretty sweet, actually. Um...
0: Kind of just like a spiced cider, like Hmm. cider with cinnamon and a little bit of like other fruitiness to it, but not like a, kind of like a florally fruity. I don't really know how to explain it. It's good though. I've tried two uh, chai ciders and one of them I absolutely hated. This one I like. So just kind of depends. The other one I tried was dirty chai, and I think they put some, like, espresso essence in the chai. It just oh. messed it up. It got... Oh, ugh. that sounds weird. Not my thing. But this one's this one's pretty good. So I'll probably get more of these next time I place a cider order. But, good. yeah, otherwise, things are things are good. Like I said, I have a break this week, weekend, a little bit, to be by myself. Because she went home for Easter weekend to spend some time with her family. So, just been doing a lot of... <laughs> Reading and working and reading and working and
1: we have no lives. (laughs) I hope you know
0: this. (laughs) Like listen to both of us. I did. I did get two messages on dating apps. Oh, that's big. Did not respond to them. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Chantel. It was kind of one of those things that, like, on a whim, I was like, oh, maybe I'll match with some people. Like, these guys seem nice. And then, like, they messaged me and I realized, wait, I'm going to have a teenager living with me for the next three months. I can't go on a date (laughs) in a pandemic. (laughs) I mean, you could if you get
1: the vaccine, but yeah.
0: I know, but I'd be worried that like if they had COVID, e- even if like I have wasn't, yet, right, right, exactly. So mm. we're, I just need to keep her and myself as safe as possible so we can go to Disney World after <laughs> school is over. That's Disneyland my big goal. Disneyland or Disney World? Uh, Disney World, because I'm not okay. 100% confident that Disneyland will be open for non-California residents by uh. June. I see, it, I see it. It should be opening on April 30th, but only for California residents. So I could probably go, but my mom and Skyla couldn't. Mm. Got it. So, is what it is. But otherwise, yeah, we have very boring lives. We read books, we talk about books, and we work. Go yeah, us. That's it. <laughs> that's why we're so qualified to do this podcast. <laughs> but you know who does have interesting lives? Oh, I'm so excited for this transition. Jude and (laughs) Cardin. Great. I
1: love that. (laughs) I love that this has become my new thing. It's just... I know. I love how excited you get before. I, like, know when you're gearing up towards it, you're just like...
0: (gasps) (gasps) Deep breath. Big breath in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so chapters 24 and 25, um... (laughs) We finally get a lot of our plot suspicions confirmed in yeah. in chapter 24. And we finally get some movements towards
1: romance, but in a very toxic way. I don't know. Well, what I was sad about that. is I have been trying so hard to lead you off of being in love with Maddox. And I feel like chapter 24, when we get into it, just like probably did the <laughs> derailed all of my plans. I don't know. We'll talk about it. I Oh, okay. I'm
0: It's kind of one of those things that I'm like worried that if what Jude is contemplating is correct, correct, mm-hmm. that I'm worried that that's bad. Oh, so maybe it's working. But I also don't think that what she's contemplating is actually correct cuz she's Jude.
1: Okay so well but we'll make a bet on that but we'll come back to that
0: (laughs) we'll get into it okay so i'll start us off with the synopsis for chapter 24 so jude like every ya heroine in existence now i guess wakes up at the start of the chapter and immediately goes to Taryn's room to try and fix their relationship but Taryn's not there so she goes to oriana's rooms to see if she knows where Taryn is Apparently, Taryn has left to go to Locke's house, but they're all going to reconvene with Balakin the next day for a feast, and Jude and Taryn are expected to not be hostile with one another. And obviously, Jude is very excited to go hang out with (laughs) Balakin. She can't wait. Jude asks if Oak will go, and just kind of starts contemplating Oak in general and has a pang in her heart that leaving Fairy means leaving him and not getting to watch him grow up. And then she's just kind of scanning Oriana's room, just looking at her jewelry, and sees a golden acorn mixed in with all of her jewelry, just like the one she found from Lyriope's dress. And Jude finally... Starts doing like Sherlock's brain palace in her head, connecting all of the dots, <laughs> and stupidly voices them out loud, noting that Oak is no more Maddox's child than she is. Oriana asks how she could possibly know all of these things, and once confirming Oak is nowhere near them, Jude asks what happened seven years ago. Oriana says, That, like, she loved Lyriope, like, she was basically a sister to her, and they were confidants, and that Lyriope told her when she began having an affair with Dane. Lyriope wasn't worried, because they normally don't have kids that often, and she had only had Locke a decade ago. So she wasn't worried that she was going to get pregnant. And Jude internally comments that this is why they need humans (laughs) to strengthen the bloodline and basically keep fairy kids coming. So that was a fun little tidbit about the world i guess oriana said by the time she got the message in the acorn lariope was dead and she had to cut oak out of her so that's fun she named him for the golden acorn since he was her little golden oak and jude starts questioning why she ever thought it was a good idea to serve dane in the first place again in her internal monologue Oriana said they didn't know who had poisoned Lyriope for a long time, uh, but once Maddock told her, once basically Balakian told him, he insisted that Oak would never be allowed near Dane and was angry in a way that Oriana had never seen. And Jude knows it is because he values family over all else. So for Dane to try and kill his child is unforgivable. Jude asks what that means for her and um, for her and Madoc, like Oriana and Maddock and oriana says that they have an understanding about their relationship Jude asks what the next play is saying that there is no way that Maddox lets bail can keep the throne for long so it's only a matter of time before he puts oak on the throne which freaks oriana out and jude starts speculating in her head thinking he wants to put oak on the throne so he can serve as regent and maybe just serve forever oriana tells jude she has to stop that from happening because it will kill oak since he's so weak and young but of course jude jude's just plotting how she can get power out of this whole situation and manipulate it to her channel. oh my
1: god she's such a slytherin she's
0: she's all of the houses in so many bad ways other than hufflepuff she doesn't know how to be a hufflepuff
1: <laughs> no, she would not do well
0: yeah she does at least realize that giving oak that power wouldn't necessarily be good because children with that much power don't make good choices And Jude asks Oriana um, why she thinks Jude can stop it, and Oriana responds that Jude once told her that she was wrong because she, she said that she would never do anything to hurt Oak, and she really wants Jude to prove her wrong and basically protect Oak. And Jude wonders in her head if it's better to just become the monster after all and not do all of this to save her family. She says that maybe she can help, and then she sees Oak playing outside with his nurse and with some foxglove flowers, and basically he's like, hmm, I bet he doesn't even know those flowers are poison. Uh, This girl, and that's the chapter end. Very ominous.
1: So, chapter 25. (laughs) I'm so ready for this. Your favorite chapter. (laughs) Yes. Jude returns to the Court of Shadows, and Carden has been untied and is drinking and playing cards with the ghost and the roach and the bomb. He apparently told them where to find the good bottles of wine and where to find some of Eloise's jewelry, so they all love him and Jude is frustrated that he has ingratiated himself with them. Cardin says everything is spiraling and asks if she thinks they might as well have some fun. Jude asks what he offered them, and the ghost says gold, power, and positions, and the bomb notes that those are things he doesn't have, and Carden is a little sad because he thought they were friends. God, this is just like <laughs> He's the such an scene.
0: idiot. I
1: can't. Jude says she's going to take him into the back, and he smiles and asks if they can stay out here with the wine, or out there with the wine. And the roach laughs, wondering if he and Jude don't actually get along, which paints a line of worry on Carden's face. She takes him into Dane's office and tells him to sit and contemplates killing him so she doesn't have to worry about him and so there's no clear way to get Oak on the throne. She aims the crossbow at him. He says he can see why she would want to shoot him but that he would prefer she didn't. Yeah. (laughs) She tells him to stop smiling then and stop mocking her and he says he smiles when he's nervous and can't help it. So she lowers the crossbow and he confesses that Jude is terrifying and he doesn't want to join his entire dead family. So even though he knows that he desert- what he deserves, he also has a right to be nervous. Jude says he talks to her like a friend rather than an enemy, and she relaxes a little, which when she realizes she does that, makes her want to kill him again. Jude God, has so many problems. Jude <laughs> He says he will tell her anything she wants to know. She wants to know things about Taryn and promises he won't play word games. She asks if she shoots him anyways, and he says, what if she shoots him anyways, and he says he, <laughs> he, brought, he wants her word, she won't, and she admits her word isn't worth much, which he tells her is not a comforting thought. But she gives him her word, he then asks what he can do to persuade her not to turn him over to Balakin and Maddox, and slightly flirts with a raised eyebrow, which makes her heart speed up, and she tells him to concentrate on staying alive. I love all of this. She makes a statement about the piece of paper with her name on it, and he tells her it is not a question, but and he will answer questions only. He suggests she asks about his tail and asks if she wants to see it. She doesn't want to admit she already has, so she asks when Taryn and Locke started their thing. He tells her that Locke swore them all to silence and made it seem like a lark, showing up with rocks at her windows to woo her leaving her notes, and Jude asks how he knew which room was Terrence. Carden says he might not have known and might not have cared which girl he got first, since he planned to have them both. What a bastard. Yeah. did <laughs> do not like him. She then asks about Carden and Acacia, and he says Locke stole her, but he doesn't know why, and he doesn't know what is wrong with him, about what was wrong about him that she would leave him. He also admits to loving Nikesha. Jew then asks why he wants her dead. He goes back to the river and it says he may have been rotten and wanted to annoy her, but he's not a killer and only wanted to frighten her. He doesn't want her dead, not her or anyone, and Jew, thinks back, Jew starts thinking back through everything and realizes that's true. He waited until the Nixies left before getting out of the water and pulled Valyrian off her, she also realizes he may not like sword fighting, hence his sloppy technique with Balakin, and realizes that she has never been fighting Cardin. She has been fighting herself. Wow. Big Good revelation. job, Jude. Good Karen job. Kareem so proud. <laughs> See he's how long it lasts.
0: A I know. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I got this. He's basically a pacifist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jude reminds... <laughs> reminds him Valerian tries to kill her twice. He didn't realize Valerian tried to break into her house. He thought she tracked him down. Lo- lots of miscommunication on both of their parts here. They're like the perfect recipe for a couple in a K-drama.
0: Can I just yeah, say that?
1: This is like. true. Maybe Holly Black has watched too many K-dramas. True. <laughs> <laughs> so she shows him the bruises from their fight, and he reaches towards her to touch them, then backs off. He notes that Valerian like likes... Anyone's pain, and he thought Valyrian had been satisfied by hurting Jude already, but apparently not. Jude asks if it didn't matter that Valyrian wanted to hurt her as long as he didn't kill her, and Cardin returns that being alive is better. He really loves being alive. He has said it so many times in this book. It is like <laughs> insane.
0: Well, what's funny to me is like Cardin is just worried about survival, he is not worried about thriving right yeah it's not good enough to just survive you gotta thrive dude
1: <laughs> motivational speech over <laughs> jude then asks why carden hates her and he confirms she wants honesty he shoots her a look then says he hates her because Matic loves her even though she's human who isn't his she is a human who isn't his and carden's dad never loved him He hates her because she doesn't have a brother beating her, also because Locke used her and Taryn to make Nikesha cry, and because Balikin taunted Carden with Jude besting him. Jude then lets out a little truth bomb herself, saying that she wasn't a good reason to hate her, That, that wasn't a good reason to hate her because he didn't have to live with her parents murderer, and he didn't have to stay angry to keep the well of fear at bay. She's then shocked at her honesty. Wow, shocker, honesty. (laughs) She's a horrible
0: spy. Just going to put that out there again.
1: (laughs) She does believe there isn't a better reason why he hates her, and he doesn't answer, but she realizes he's not talking, so he doesn't have to tell the truth. She forces him to talk, and he admits he hates her because of how much he thinks of her. And even though it disgusts him, he can't stop. Then he covers his face in embarrassment and says she maybe should shoot him after all. She thinks he's trying to play with her and so she puts her crossbow down and brings her dagger against his throat again tilting his face towards her. She realizes his fatal expressions make it facial expressions make it seem like he is actually into her. She leans in close and likes having power over him (laughs) realizing he desires her and that he hates it. The knife doesn't really alarm him, but it does alarm him when she kisses him. And that's the end of chapter 25! Uh,
0: (laughs) I still can't believe we have to wait a whole week to talk about the actual kiss.
1: (laughs) You are, like, suffering right now. It's so funny. I
0: am! I'm so ready for this romance to happen, Julia. I'm... here for it i'm ready and it's weirdly because i
1: like carden more than jude which is so bad because he has a heart and jude doesn't pretty much yeah
0: because he actually feels feelings and she just feels fear and then suppresses it and acts out to hurt everyone around her oh girl she stresses me out but we'll we'll get into the kiss i'm sure we'll talk about that ad nauseum um in a bit but first let's go back
1: to chapter 24 chapter
0: 24
1: (laughs) okay big revelations here so there's a lot to unpack
0: we we did we did have big revelations even though i feel like we already knew these were coming at
1: some point so but it's interesting to to hear her thought process we were we were kind of talking about it before so oh
0: jude's thought process Mm -hmm. yeah it scares me so much I worry about this girl. I, I don't know. I okay. So going back more towards the beginning of the chapter,
1: mm-hmm.
0: after she's like talking to Oriana about this stuff, Oriana makes a comment at some point about how like her either her family or her people used to have wings, um, but they no longer had them, and Jude's like, "Hmm, I wonder if Oriana would just fly away." And leave all of this behind if she could. And I I just thought it was a really interesting contemplation for Jude. Because Jude has that exact option right now to fly away, really. And, like, go to the mortal realm and go live with Vivi and, like, do all of these things. And she's not – we already know she's not going to make that choice. And she's not going to make the choice to leave. And so I just found it really interesting that she was contemplating – whether other people would make that choice, knowing that she's not going to,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: also trying to trick herself into maybe being different, like she's actually going to make the right choice. We know she's not, because then there wouldn't be two other
1: books. That would be silly, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the, so she, are you implying she doesn't leave at all?
0: I'm implying she doesn't leave permanently. Okay. I mean she's gonna have to go back at some point. She needs tampons, Julia. We already talked about that. You can't Amazon them to your door and ferry, so like gotta make trips here and there. But okay. no, I don't I don't feel like she's gonna leave. That would okay. be silly. Cause then how are her cardin gonna have a love story? He has a tail He can't go live in the mortal world.
1: I'm not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) I know what happens. I know what she chooses in the end. I I know. I know. Let's think about this logically. So if she leaves, I mean, it could play out in the mortal world. We don't know if maybe he can use a geus or whatever that hides his tail. That's always an option on the table with magic. We don't know the the full options of the magic, the Mm -hmm. strength of the magic. Um... So the, the entire next two books could play out in the mortal world. We don't know.
0: I feel like that's unlikely because can we honestly picture like Jude and Harding going on a date at an Applebee's? I
1: would love to see that. <laughs> I would love to see that so much. I'm not going to say anything... It would be kind of
0: hilarious if the next two books just became like straight YA fiction romance and it's just the two of them courting one another in the mortal world.
1: I will say that there's more brand name drops like Applebee's later on, so you never know. I'm just saying. Maybe for Carden it would be good to like leave and join a place where he is absolutely no one.
0: It probably would except Cardin has no marketable skills. Um and so I don't know that he could get by without relying on his princely status. True. That's like but then again that's every bad rom-com or good rom-com, depending on your view, where, like, the prince goes to a foreign country and ingratiates himself with the locals to try to feel what it's like to be a commoner, and then they struggle to do basic things. Um, the Prince in Me is my favorite. <laughs> Just,
1: yep, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen
0: that in years, but yeah. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I'm gonna rewatch it again soon. I'm gonna make uh, my, my little ward watch it with me, so that... Oh. <laughs> She can get acquainted with, you know, early rom-coms of the 2000s because they're classics. Um, Cute. Anyways, I, I doubt that the rest of the two books are going to be, like, fully immersed into the mortal world. That seems a bit unrealistic to have done all this world building and then to take us out of it for two books. So, I don't think she's leaving permanently. Unless we're switching POVs and we're losing Jude as a main character, but I also don't see that being the case with holly Black's writing style here personally (laughs) um this may be a question that gets revealed later so you may not answer it for me but is the reason oak is sickly and has always been sickly because he was like suffering from the poison in his mother's bloodstream um
1: i don't remember that actually um i think thought and I could be wrong about this but I think it was just that they made him seem sickly like so nobody would think of him as being like an incredible kid like they just would forget like the sicklier you are the less people think about you you know
0: I mean that's true but but then Oriana explicitly says, right, when Jude's like, well, Maddox's mm. going to try to put him on the crown. And she's like, no, he's sick. Like, he's not well. He cannot go on. A, he cannot become an eight-year-old king. <laughs> that I'm wondering if that's part of the reason why. is Because he got somewhat infected from the blusher mushrooms and it's just affected his
1: disposition. It's possible. I just don't remember that being a big thing. So Fair enough. I don't know. Fair enough.
0: Um, What are, let's see if I have other thoughts that aren't just like me yelling at everybody. (laughs) Jude has a little petty moment where she says she's torn between sympathy and a desire for Locke to always be miserable. And that made me smile. (laughs) I love her little petty moments that are like not trying to tear down an entire kingdom moments like the
1: little petty ones i vibe with the bigger ones stress me out the innocent innocent parts of her
0: yeah exactly um i also really like this one quote From Jude when she was talking about Dane. She says, I wanted so badly to believe that being in Dane's service was an honor, that he was someone worth following. That's what comes of hungering for something. You forget to check if it's rotten before you gobble it down. Like, (laughs) first off, great writing. Secondly, Is Jude finally learning to not dive head first into decisions before she makes them and actually take a second to think about all of the facts and circumstances surrounding her? No, she's not. Because in the next (laughs) sentence, she blurts out to Oriana without thinking about the consequences about what she thinks Maddox's plan is without having confirmed it with (laughs) Maddox. Potentially driving a wedge between Oriana and Maddox fighting over whether or not Oak is going to get put on the crown. And like that she does that without thought. And she should have thought before she said anything. I also don't like this strategy that she's giving to Maddox's brain. I don't want to believe that his plot is to use his like surrogate son As a way for him to grab power and become forever king. Like that doesn't seem. madic y to me. And I don't like it. And I don't, I think Jude's doing a little bit of projecting there. Because Mm -hmm. she's still mad at him for the murders. (laughs) Fair, completely fair to still be mad at him for. But I think she's projecting with just how cruel he can be and not balancing his protection and love of his family like she knows that it's there but she's not actually thinking about it when playing out this potential strategy because she doesn't give a shit about what happens to her family so her strategy doesn't care about any of that I
1: see do you have any views that you'd like to share with the class? I I know what he decides in the end and I cannot say Ah,
0: <laughs> Okay, and so you're not going to say <laughs> if Jude is being her normal Judy self or not? No, because
1: I would give it away. <laughs> I'm not going to give away the next books. oh uh, fine. fine. What I will say is that, and this was my, my comment for the entire chapter, from this point forward, to me, Oak is the protagonist. I said this in the past, I think, like, he is like a really important like he is the YA trope of like I didn't know that I had this royal blood in me kind of thing like that's whole trope he uh-huh. is not the protagonist of this book but this story the plot itself he is the protagonist of and everything that Jude does following this kind of revelation besides her own need for power is because of Oak
0: that is fair can we lease at least agree that Jude's uh, maniacal plotting about how she can use her seven-year-old brother as a pawn to get power is insane?
1: She doesn't do that. Later. Later on. She kind of comes to her senses. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll tell you that one. She's not gonna, she's not gonna be vindictive or anything. She was
0: (laughs) scaring me in this chapter. I was like, dude, he's seven. Why What? He's your brother. I think
1: the problem is her. she needs to, like, take a step back and realize, like, and she will, like, realize that the danger that Oak could be put in is really bad, Mm -hmm. and she cares about Oak a lot, and she's just not seeing, thinking about that right now. She's just thinking about, like, she has Cardin. If she has Oak, too, she holds two main pawns in this, this chess game, so
0: yeah <laughs> okay I'm glad she's gonna snap out of it cause she was really starting to scare me like she should want to protect him not sink to everyone else's mind games and also um, I need her to sit and process her thoughts and feelings and not turn into like a mega villain like that would be great <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm glad I don't have to worry about us going from a somewhat hero to a legit villain of the story <laughs> Hopefully. There's still opportunity for her to do that, to be honest. Because she's crazy.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's all I had for chapter 24. Yeah, I didn't have too much more than that. It's just a big, big moment for her. It's a big moment for her. I think it's, like, the second turning point in the book. Yeah. The the first turning Turning (laughs) point? Turning point being the coup.
0: Right. Well, I feel like from here to the end of the book, it's just gonna be twisty-turny plot devices of us moving, like, one direction and another direction, and, like, who knows what's going on? Ah, so much stress. That, I'm getting that vibe. Because, like, something super big happens in chapter 24, something super big happens in chapter 25, there's not a lot of time left.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about chapter 25. Do you want to talk about chapter 25? This girl messaged me, what was it, yesterday or something, and was yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to stop reading at chapter 25. Are you kidding me? It's like, lol. <laughs>
0: uh. But there's a kiss, Julia. How am I supposed to stop reading when there's a kiss? I don't think it's going to turn out the way that you want it to. I'm just going to tell you that now. Oh, no. It's 100% a super, like, toxic and manipulative kiss. Yeah. This is not, no part of this is their moment to shine where it's they're like, ah, we've realized we're made Mm-mm. for each other. They don't know that yet. We're not there yet. Like, I, I fully get it. Um, I was more so just, like, I wanted to actually see Cardin's reaction. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. I want to see what he's going to do. Like, is he going to try to hold on to her? Is he going to push her away? Is he just going to be there like a stone block because he doesn't know what's going on? These are the answers that I need. Which I will get immediately after we finish recording this. So I can <laughs> get this out of my system. Um, but okay, before we get in, into it too much, at the beginning of the chapter... Carden is so sad when the bomb like turns her back on him. And she's like, "Wait, you can't actually give us any of this stuff." And he's like, "Oh, I thought we were friends." <laughs> he just wants friends. He's like a puppy. He is. He's a literal puppy. He is. And you would have think, you would have thought, you would have thought, after Locke and Nikasia and Valerian, he would have learned his lesson that friendship is based on them actually liking your personality and not what you can provide to your friends. Really?
1: Um, But he clearly has not yet learned Well, he's a prince. He's spoiled. He's used to getting what he wants. He thinks that you can just buy people. He doesn't know how to make friends. I I understand he doesn't know how to do it, but he (laughs) should not be so surprised when bribing
0: people isn't the way because that already has failed for him multiple times. (laughs) But, nope, he doesn't get it. Um, I also, like, just Jude in this entire chapter frustrates me. We know she's not going to kill Cardin. We all know she's not actually going to kill Cardin. But I don't like that she's sitting here contemplating it, even before they get into the other room. She's just like, hmm, he annoys me. Maybe I should kill him. And I'm like, girl... <laughs> he's literally just sitting there smiling and trying to be friendly with people who have been holding him hostage and you're only feeling small because of your own insecurities. He's actively saying nothing to you or doing anything in your general vicinity other than trying to save his own skin and all of these insecurities over hers are rising to the surface and she blames them on him but he's just being alive. Like, he's not doing anything else. Ugh. Teenage angst. Ugh, makes me so mad how frustrated she gets with him. Also, was he trying to flirt with his tail? Was that the game he was trying
1: to- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think he was just trying to change the subject. Because he clearly doesn't want to talk about what he wrote. or Well, we I mean, know what he wrote, but doesn't want to talk about the letter that she found.
0: Even though he inadvertently, talks I love about it later.
1: Yeah, and I also just love that he does not once question why she found that or how she found that. <laughs> He's just like, "Oh, I don't want to talk about that."
0: <laughs> <clears throat> um, that is not a question. Please phrase it in the form of a question. And then instead of going back to that and being like, "Why did you write?" this with my name a bajillion times she's just like so Taryn and Locke and I'm like well his distraction
1: technique worked yeah she fell for that (laughs)
0: like that's how we know she's not a Ravenclaw (laughs) nope
1: one track mind and it's all Taryn and Locke right now
0: oh girl I mm also, I just, I don't know. I felt really bad for him in this chapter. His friends are
1: dicks. Like, yeah. ah! well, <laughs> He only has two friends left, and they're, well, we don't know about Nikasia, but Locke is, holy crap, a true dick.
0: True dick. And Nikesha, I don't know how I feel yet. I, I'm still, I would like to know from, not Cardin. Because Carden's just sad. He's like, why would she leave me? (laughs) She never told me why. And he's so sad about it. I'm like, "Mm, I'm wondering why Nakeja actually did it. Was there like something that she was trying to teach Carden a lesson about? Is she still into him? Does she know all of this stuff that's going on behind the scenes? Because her mom told her. Like, what's
1: going on? Well, we we have learned, right? Oh my God, I don't want to give something away. But we have learned that like, oh, maybe we didn't learn this. Did we learn this? I don't that, know. Um, Tell me. Nikesha and uh, Cardin were seen as, like, a good match because of their kingdoms. Yeah. Okay, we did learn that. Okay, great. I think it's because um, Nikesha was kind of rebelling. She didn't want to be with someone just because it was good for the, the kingdoms. Like, she wanted to be with someone who was genuine. And from what we know, Locke is a really good actor and he probably mm-hmm. came off as very very genuinely in love with her at the time
0: mm-hmm. and he's probably and Carden, a better
1: flirt than Card. <laughs> yeah and I was gonna say like Carden I feel like even though he clearly has a romantic side to him that we haven't seen like I think he still comes off as kind of cold that's my guess like he could be have been in love with her but still have been like uncertain because he has trust issues
0: and he might, he just might not have shown that love. Like, he may not, yeah. yeah, exactly to your point with the trust issues, he may not have felt comfortable, like, fully opening himself up to her, and instead drowning his sorrows in a, a bottle of wine, um, because that's very carded. <laughs> so, she might not have ever known how he felt if he wasn't, even though he has a romantic side, clearly, if he didn't use that constantly, I could see her rebelling and being like, well, I'm going to be with someone for love and not for my mother's convenience. Like, that that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Oh, God. He's an idiot. Uh, um. Let's see. I am really glad that Jude realizes that she's been fighting herself in this chapter. That, like, she's actually... The benchmark that she's been tracking herself against this entire time and the reason she's felt so insecure is because she's hasn't been able to beat this ideal of herself um, yeah. that she was projecting onto Cardin when it's like Cardin was shit
1: at most things the entire time
0: other than Kersh being a
1: bad person but he's not a mean person right in the way that Jude made him to be her villain. Make me your villain. <laughs> Sorry. just got put that out there.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, but that's what she did. She built him up into this persona that he just isn't. And it feels like that's what all his friends did to him, too. And so, like... It kinda sucks that the girl he likes is doing the same thing that all of his friends that betrayed him
1: did. To him. It is the opposite of Alina and the Darkling. I'm just gonna say that it's the opposite. Alina fell in love with the Darkling and didn't make him her villain. Mm-hmm. And then here we have someone who made Cardin the villain, but he's not the villain. Teenage girls true. suck at figuring out things. They are not very aware. <laughs> They're so dumb. Absolutely dumb. This goes for me, too, when I was a teenage girl. I was very dumb. So I relate. <laughs> Fair, just not yeah. on this
0: extreme level. <laughs> well, that's like, but all teenagers, their brains haven't fully developed and it's it uh, can be hard to process what emotions actually mean and how to empathize yeah. with other people's emotions. And so nine times out of ten, you're going to misinterpret it because you're still learning how to process your own emotions mm-hmm. as you go that you're not going to be able to process someone else's. And so you'll just misunderstand what they mean and how they feel and it all becomes this whole big mess, which is why so much teen romance ends in heartbreak. Yeah. (laughs) Because of miscommunications. It's why it makes for such good plot device. Yep. Uh, and then just generally, I'm so happy that they're now on this journey of knowing that Carden's into her, um... Is it We're getting somewhere. <laughs> is it like a romantic situation where he's like, I love you, Jude. I've loved you since the first moment that you did this one thing. No, he's like, you disgust me and I can't stop myself from lusting after you and I hate it. Please kill me. <laughs> Which is not at all romantic or what we want. And also Jude's reaction to that is, hmm. I can manipulate him with my body. Let's see how that works.
1: <laughs> she is realizing sexuality is a very big, big tool, weapon that does not need a knife point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why she felt the need. But again, it's because, and I think we talked about this a, a couple of episodes ago, it's because I think Cardin's turned on by her being mean to him. And so she can see that response on his face and so that's what she goes with because she thinks that's the easiest way to control him. Yeah, It's so toxic. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. So excited for them to go on this journey and make each other better <clears throat> slowly but surely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh.
0: Yep, that's That's all I had for for chapter 25. I had a lot of pop culture references this episode. Oh, Um, really? Not for chapter 25
1: necessarily, but a lot for chapter 24. Oh, I have all of mine for chapter 25, so there we go.
0: Balancing, balancing. Did you have any other thoughts for chapter 25? How do you feel about Jude and Cardin?
1: They really bug me in this chapter so much because it's just like – their communication is awful. It's I, so the bad. one thing I cannot stand and I've always I think that's why I just like can't date men is cuz like they can't talk. And I, I like watching somebody else have a conversation where neither party is communicating well is so frustrating. Sure. like be honest with each other. That's all it takes. Don't make it seem like you like if you feel a certain way about someone, there's a reason for that. Don't hate yourself for that. Like, unless, like, the person really is a villainous person, which neither of them are. Like, neither of them have done terrible deeds to each other. Jude did kill one of his best friends. In self-defense. And she, that's, I'm so proud of her for finally saying that so that she can explain to Karin why she did it. Because, like, Karin understands now, like, he was really going out to kill her. So what's she going to do in that situation? Oh, no,
0: I, I completely agree. I'm just saying, like, they've... They've done shit to each other. Like, he purposefully kept her sister from telling her things and supporting her. She killed his best friend and, like, paraded <laughs> around with another one of his best friends who stole his previous girlfriend, knowing that it would piss him
1: off. Like, they're not nice Well, to that was not her fault, though. She had no idea what was going on.
0: Um, she did know that... Nikasia used to date Carden and that Locke had stolen Nikasia from Cardin, and then she just thought that she was the one that had stolen Locke from Nikasia. Exactly. But she was still trying to rub it in Carden's face that she was with Locke hmm. okay. at the
1: party. Sure. I think because he kept I'm looking at
0: her, <laughs> she was like, oh, Yeah, but I'll that make was out. because Locke she also and- had
1: like suppressed feelings of trying to make him jealous without realizing it but yeah I that's true that that's fair but they're just <laughs> they're not nice to each other they're just oh <sighs> these children they have a lot of things to work
0: out so but yeah. they've got two whole books and a couple more chapters to do <laughs> they
1: have two books to figure out their relationship
0: <laughs> oh god such a
1: slow burn this is like the slowest burn in the history of slow burning. <laughs> Yeah.
0: uh no that would be gilmar girls
1: <laughs> which one luke and Lorelai. oh uh, that's true that's a slow it's like every single season slow burn because
0: they don't want they don't even get together until like season four or something season four
1: five season five. Five, five five i'm re-watching it right now with my mom uh, yeah. oh
0: i love that yeah. i know
1: Okay, anyways,
0: um, any anything else for Chapter 25 before we get into no, pop culture? No, I'm
1: excited for pop culture. Woo-hoo. I want to hear your pop culture for 24. Okay, to me. do you
0: have anything for 24?
1: Do I? Um, I don't think so, actually, no. Okay.
0: I have so many, I'm so sorry. So, okay. Oh, I like that. When... Oriana, I was talking about this at the beginning of our commentary, but when Oriana mentions that her people used to have wings and she wonders what it would be like to have them, uh, it reminds me of the Winx show on Netflix, Fate, a Winx saga, because (laughs) one of (laughs) – this is directly related. They are also fairies, okay? Okay. (laughs) But they're also fairies in training, but the headmistress tells, like, one of the girls, she's like, oh, well – fairies have lost wings like we don't have wings anymore we haven't had them for millennia um and then at the end of the show like one of them becomes powerful enough to like get her wings back and it's like this whole big revelatory moment when like she gets her wings back and Oriana mentioning that like her family is slowly the wings started like going away just reminded me of that (sighs) yep um also the idea that Oriana's like Jude, you and Taryn need to play nice at the feast in Balekin's honor. Uh, when they're, like, livid at each other, it reminded me of, like, the Thanksgiving dinners or, like, the brunches in um, Gossip Girl with Serena and Blair would be <laughs> fighting. Oh, God. You can't tell me that's not how it would play out. Yeah, so exact that's exactly how it would, how play, it out. would play out. Uh, and then the fact that they don't have a lot of kids, just in general reminds me of elves and kind of a lot of elvish folklore and like stories but in particular lord of the rings right because the elves were slowly Mm -hmm. at the end of the third age the elves were slowly starting to like not waste away but they just weren't as strong as they used to be which is why they were all starting to transition to the undying lands um but that also meant that there weren't really any like elvish children running around like all of the children that we knew were Adults, right? Like Arwen yeah. and, and uh, Legolas. But then it also reminds me of Aragon um, when he first gets into Duvaldenvaden. And um, he is, like, walking amongst all of the elves. And he has a conversation with Arya. And he's like, oh, there's, like, no kids around here. And she's like, it's so rare for an elvis child to be born that when they're born, we, like, celebrate. And it's this whole big thing. So, Eyes between fairy and elves mm. good yep and then Oriana's relationship with uh Liriope not the like cutting a baby out of you kind of part <laughs> um but it reminds me yeah. a lot of America and Marley in the selection series because even though they were like competitors or like both vying for the same man's heart
1: they were friends
0: they were friends they confided yeah to one another about their, like, secrets, and then even after Marley had gotten caught, America, like, did her best to help her and, like, make everything okay, um, and, like, fought for her, and Oriana did the same thing with Liriope, like, she helped her after she got pregnant and tried to do everything she could to make the situation better, so I love that, like, sisterhood in midst of competition kind of thing, and then the cutting the baby out of the Corpse, very Bella Swan and Renesmee from
1: Breaking Dawn. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I was thinking like there was another story that had a cutting corpse thing, but yeah. I feel like there's something else I just can't think of. Let's stop it cutting seems babies very, out of dead yeah. bodies. It seems very Game of Thrones, but I don't think it happens, weirdly, in the books or in the TV show, from what I can recall. Did they maybe
0: try to do that to Rob Stark's wife?
1: Maybe. Or they, like, think s- so. they stabbed
0: her stomach to make sure yeah, that the baby would me. die.
1: <laughs> Not quite the same thing. Not quite the same. That's also the same only thing act. I can think of. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they cut a, a baby from a womb. No. This is so violent. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> this whole book has been extremely violent unnecessarily. It's, a, it's like a YA book, but it's adult-themed. Mm-hmm true yeah um jude's so going not exactly going back to your comment but same people jude's realization that dane wasn't all that he was cracked up to be and like this veneer that he gave of like wanting to help people and having all of this honor um knowing that that's all crap reminds me of when alina first realized that the darkling was full of shit
1: yeah yeah and i
0: was like Ah. Uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. This is, I'm going to keep this one very light because I don't want to have a lot of spoilers since it's such a new book. Um, but having this sort of, like, sickly person in line for the throne, um, that people are trying to, like, protect and make sure and it may or may not be worth it as a decision, um, reminds me a lot of the Fjerdin crown prince in rule of wolves because he's also very sickly um he's like important to the plot so i can't give away too many details but he's very sickly and like on, in his situation he seems to get meaner the healthier he gets so i'm just hoping that i don't think that's gonna be Oak's situation. oak situation he's just like okay. a happy good lucky boy <laughs> and i would like it to stay that way But the idea is the same. Very similar to uh, Catherine de Berg's daughter um, as well in Pride and Prejudice, where she's, like, always sickly but being propped up on this pedestal. Uh, And then I don't want to spoil this either, so I'm going to keep this very high level because I know you haven't read this book. But Jude's inner monologue about whether or not she's a monster and, like, if she will actually sell out all of these people that she cares about and, like, not really knowing who she can trust. It reminds me of Kate in, um this savage song. Um, She's going to be one of our protagonists in in that book. And she's not good, <laughs> but she's <laughs> not evil. Like, she kind of, her and Jude both kind of live in this, like, gray area where they're trying to figure out how they actually feel about the situations around them and how much they actually want to help or hurt particular situations. I would say Kate is probably a better person than jude but still kind of live in that morally gray area about like what's right and what's wrong Mm. so they're all trying to figure out which side they should be on um which i I find really compelling with characters even if i can't relate to them so yeah lots of
1: pop culture references well that actually just made me think of one just now Mm. it it's the whole like, I'm a monster, what do I do kind of scenario, it's very similar to what Juliet goes through in Shatter Me and, like, also yes. in the second and the third books. Okay. Because her alliances change a lot based off of, like, what she's thinking of herself. Like, is she going okay. to just accept that she is a monster and, like, just be a deadly weapon, like, Warner wants her to be? Um I almost said Aaron. His name changes to Aaron later on. And it gets well, that's so his confusing. name is Aaron Warner. It's, his name is Aaron Warner, but everyone calls him Warner. Um, and she, but she is unlike Jude. I think she accepts more that she is a weapon and her thing isn't like, how am I going to use these alliances to get power? Like, am I really a monster? Like, blah, blah, blah. It's more yeah. like I am a monster. What do I do to fix myself? Because I don't want to be a monster
0: oh and that reminds me of nina especially after her grisha power changes mm-hmm. because she recognizes that there's something wrong with her and she's like but how can i use this to my advantage to save the most people and like yeah. do the best with the situation oh i love nina's character arc king of scars <laughs> i want you to read it so bad so excited. i have someone to talk to about it um Anyways, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, okay, that's all I had for chapter twenty four.
1: Twenty
0: five. Twenty five. I only have two. They're very short. Okay. Um. Jude with the, especially with the crossbow was giving me big King Joffrey vibes, and I was not here for it. <laughs> She was like lifting it up, lifting it down, just like with this like speculative thought on her face, like "Do I kill him? Do I not? Do I kill him? Do I And I'm like, "Girl."
1: Now we just need the the, the Marjorie and uh, Marjorie moment where he's like showing her how to use the crossbow, and it's this like weird, not really romantic tension that he thinks is romantic, and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, sure. except Jude will think that that's
0: romantic, and Carden's like, I just don't want her to kill me. I just it don't want her to sick. kill me. <laughs> that actually would work perfectly. Yes, write it in next chapter. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> um, and this, the whole like revelation of like how he feels about her was just so Mister Darcy to me but like round one proposal where he's like I love you but let me also tell you all these things I hate about you
1: that was one of mine too (laughs) this is so Pride and Prejudice this entire scene is so funny she like took this directly from the 2005 movie where they're at the like tower and it's pouring right and they're like well I hate you he's like I hate you too (laughs) Let's kiss.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I had. What do you got for chapter twenty five?
1: Um, I my first one, um, it was taking me a while to get there, but it the the way that Cardin is just like loose playing with them reminds me of Peter Pan when I believe it's when they the pirates took the the kids prisoner when they first come to neverlands mm-hmm. and they bring them to the cave and have strung them up and then peter fakes it's the 2003 movie peter fakes his voice as hooks and tells him tells Smeed to untie them mm. and so the kids get away and then he comes back and he's like why did you untie them and he's like you told us to. It reminded me so much of this where she comes back and he's just sitting there untied. She's like, What the hell? And they're like, <laughs> He gave prisoner. us
0: wine. What do you want they're from like, us? What do
1: you want? <laughs> I love that. That reminds me a lot of it. Um, the whole class struggle and not feeling like you're a part of your family and kind of being envious of someone who is a part of their family. I mean, that's like a million different books, but the one that mm-hmm. came to my mind was Normal People because I am obsessed with that book. <laughs> but um, the main character in that had one of the main characters in that has a uh, bad family situation, like to the point where it's abusive. Also, similar to Cardin, she comes from wealth, but she's not part of her family really. Mm. Um, and there's a point where she actually runs away because it's, it's so terrible. Like they clear her mother and her brother clearly don't care about her, and then the guy that she's kind of on off seeing the other protagonist has it comes from like nothing like he's just like a jock type who um who's smart uh doesn't have a lot of money and can't really afford rent and stuff and lives with his mother in a little tiny apartment but is so close to his mother,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she kind of sees that and realizes, like, wow, that's like a real family situation. I wish I had that. I don't understand, um, and kind of is scared in the same way that Carden is, like, scared about uh, Jude having a family that he wants, and realizes, like, that could be me, but that's not me. So it just reminded me a lot of it.
0: That there are so many romance novels written around this yeah. like, class.
1: Right? <laughs> I love it. Um. And then yeah, my other one was Pride and Prejudice, like we were talking about. It just mm-hmm. it really feels so much to me like she read Pride and Prejudice right before writing this chapter. <laughs> oh oh, and then my other one I forgot about this I didn't write it down was because you've read uh, Red, White and Royal, Royal Blue now yes. <laughs> the kiss that happens remind me remind me a lot of their first kiss in that book. Probably very different outcome we don't know yet, but it's where like. They're both not communicating well. They both, well, one, one doesn't really understand what's going on. The other one thinks that he hates the other, right? <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, we're going to kiss now. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, what just happened? <laughs> it, it reminds me so much of that.
0: That's also like in the selection with like America and Maxon's first kiss when he's just like (laughs) they're they're vibing like they have a really good friendship and she's made it very clear like I'm just here for your friendship I love someone else and he's like oh she's so pretty and he like leans in to kiss
1: her and she's like what the hell are you doing (laughs) one recognizes that there's attraction the other one's like what that's my favorite. it's a great first kiss trope it works so well every time it does (laughs) it's cute i mean are they gonna probably murder each other unlike the the other two couples probably but (laughs) we'll find out probably um okay
0: all right any last couple of comments on the on the two chapters no I think it's time to choose our MVPs. I think so. Who are you going to pick this week, Julia?
1: I am going to pick... Who am I going to pick? I think that I want to pick Oriana. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that she has done a really good job trying to take care of Oak. She clearly is very worried about his safety and taking her friend's son's safety seriously like she doesn't have that's a huge burden that she's taking on that she doesn't necessarily have to take on mm-hmm. um and she's very protective of him and kind of recognizes like i think it's also the first time we recognize her we recognize her recognizing we we see her recognizing that uh ju could help her keep oak safe
0: mm-hmm. we haven't
1: had that previously like she, Oriana's been very careful about Oak and Jude. Like she's been it's been made clear like she does not really enjoy seeing the two interact. Mm-hmm. Um but she outright asks Jude to help her, which I think is yeah. such an important move because she recognizes that she can't do this alone. I keep saying recognizes. Shot every time I say that <laughs> word. Um but yeah, I think we're getting more of her storyline and her vulnerability and worries mm-hmm. about Oak and how much she's basically been going through this by herself. Like yeah, yeah. madic knows but is he trustworthy we don't know right
0: i that's totally fair i think she deserves a lot of credit for everything that she's done i will say i think in terms of like trusting jude it's more so out of desperation rather than because she actually trusts jude like now jude knows so she's like please help me (laughs) help me keep him safe and Jude's just like "Hmm, i don't know Maybe. Maybe I'll sell him out so I can become a princess. TBD! (laughs) God. Um, But I, Dorian is doing the best that she can with her limited resources. And I I really love that idea that, like, she loves him like a son, even though he's not flesh and blood hers. Because she probably will never actually have the chance to have a child. Because I don't think her and Maddox really have a uh, super sexy relationship. So... Oaks oaks her baby.
1: And who's uh, your MVP?
0: <laughs> Garden. Ah. Okay. A, he furthers the plot along a ton because he gives us a ton of information that we need to keep moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and B, he's just so He's a soft, sensitive little boy, and I just want to give him a hug. He just needs love and not a crossbow being aimed at his heart all of the time. <laughs> He'd be so much better if he just had a hug and wasn't terrified, I think. Just no one has ever showed him any love, and I feel bad for him. It's a pity, okay. bit, but <laughs> you are really trying
1: your hardest for him. I am. Hey, I didn't pick Matic so. I'm proud of you. I'm actually very proud of you for not picking Matic Maddox. Maddox wasn't in the chapters, so th- there's that. I mean, he was mentioned, so you could have made an argument. I could have. I If it
0: was just him, like, protecting Oak because of how he protects his family, there would have maybe been an argument to choose him. Jude's theorizing... This is worrying me a little bit, though I'm not putting too much stock in it because I don't trust her thought process about anything. Um, Because she has been thoroughly wrong every time she's ever tried to guess what Maddox is doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but uh, it's freaking me out enough that I'm not gonna pick him. Because if he would actually try to sell his son out, like that's that's really bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, Cardin, my sweet, soft cinnamon roll boy, Cardin.
1: <laughs> cinnamon roll. <laughs> yeah, sort of a bit burnt around the edges. He's just—he's a puppy that sometimes
0: bites a little too hard and doesn't know that he needs to stop biting.
1: That's a good way of putting it.
0: Yeah, but he's harmless, really. <laughs> like, literally, I could probably defeat Cardin in a sword fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> He's okay. a real pacifist.
0: He, he is. He's just a soft boy. That's what he is. Yeah. Um, what about your
1: wine review corner? So, I would rate this an 8 out of 10. It's like a Spanish albarino. It's kind of acidic on the tongue at first, mm-hmm. but underneath the layers, so you get this softness, you get a well rounded fruitiness to it. It's very pleasant, and you kind of enjoy it. It's not anything exciting, but like there's important bits of the wine that you can pick out stone fruit, fruits of all kinds, because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot going on, you know? Yeah. That's all I have. <laughs> like, it. I honestly didn't know what to rate this because, <laughs> like, they're both really important, but they're not. I would say. I mean, you found the end of chapter twenty-five to be exciting, but like, it's not like there's it's action-packed at all. No, Like, it's it's pretty and it's awesome. also
0: probably not that exciting when you know what yeah. happens directly. Yeah, after. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> um, I would say for my wine review, th- I'm struggling because, like. Carden doesn't whine in these chapters. Like, he expresses fear, but in a very calm and considerate way. He really
1: doesn't whine at all.
0: No, he's, like, so level-headed and he's just like, I smile when I'm nervous. Please don't shoot me. And then just keeps smiling. Uh, So, like, for Carden, I would give, like, a really low score. Jude's insecurities and, like, fears about everything is so annoying to read um but she does come to good realizations and like has some good you know thought processes that she would normally only get in therapy happen in these (laughs) chapters so i'm gonna i'm gonna go not as high as i was originally anticipating i'm gonna go six out of ten um still because there's a lot of jude being in her feelings in these two chapters, and going way crazy, but props to her for coming to the realization that she's been fighting against her only herself for years and years and years, and also, a, you know, decrease in points because Carton didn't do any whining at all. We're proud
1: of them both.
0: They're growing. They're Our little growing. Babies. The development.
1: Oh,
0: This has been me the entire time reading uh, Rule of Wolves, is every time they mention, like, Kaz or Inej or Wylan or Jesper, I just start, like, screaming at my book. I'm like, my babies! Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel way too emotionally connected to all these characters and all of these books. It's such a problem. Um, but, yep so that's pretty much it that's that's the podcast for this week um we're getting so close to the end of so close to the end of this book how many episodes um oh three episodes plus a (laughs) wrap-up yeah but we only have four chapters left or five four or five chapters left so we're we're getting there um very close to the end. I'm so excited to finish this book. I, I feel like it's going to be really hard for me to stretch out finishing this book over three weeks. <laughs> but I'm going to do my best. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll hopefully be announcing our new book soon-ish. And then I think you and I had already talked about this, but we're going to probably, after we finish wrapping up The Cruel Prince, we're going to take a little bit of a break
1: Give ourselves some time to. Yeah, we need some time.
0: Relax and recharge, and then come back full force into our our next book once we figured out what it's going to be. So, with that, um, we'll talk to you all soon. Follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at unnecessary angst pod on twitter at unangst pod and you can email us about your thoughts about the cruel prince the books to come in this year in the folk of the air series or literally any other books or other things you want to talk about you can email us at unnecessary at gmail.com and that's about it so we'll talk to you guys next week have a good one Bye. Oh,